get a job. Work hard. And one day you can retire and do the things you want. That's the typical formula for daily life in the modern world. And it works for lots of people. This kind of life is perfect. But it's not for us. And I'm guessing that it's not for you either. I'm David Allen Patali, and I'm Carmen Allen Patali, and together we run the content company Red Platypus. I'm also a published fiction author, and we have two young daughters who keep us on our toes. We've both said no to well-paid jobs in favour of pursuing our creative paths, and we want to walk them with you. Freelancer, digital nomad, artist, creative, self-employed. Whatever you want to call it, if you work for yourself and want to keep it that way, or want to be free from the nine to five and don't know where to start, we want to help. We're going on a journey to speak to committed creatives, people who are all in, who have made highly successful businesses out of their creativity, and ask them how they do it while retaining the magic. Because while we think inspiration is good, we've come to learn that process is vital. Welcome to the Committed Creative Podcast, your toolkit for the creative life you want. Here's to going all in and becoming a committed creative. This week on the podcast, I spoke with Amelia Musgrave, who founded her promotional merchandising business when she was in her mid-20s. Amelia realised working for someone else just wasn't for her, and seeing an opportunity in the market, she decided to go out on her own. Since then, Amelia has launched three successful businesses and gained a strong and engaged following on Instagram, through which she finds most of her customers. Amelia is nothing if not persistent, and when COVID threw her a curveball, she completely pivoted her business and made the most out of a bad situation. In fact, she didn't just turn an unfortunate situation on its head, she captured a new market for her business that saw her sales boom. Amelia spoke to me from her warehouse where her machines had shut down for the day. So hi, Amelia, and welcome to the Committed Creative Podcast. Hi, Carmen. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. Super chuffed. I'm so excited you're here. Maybe you could start by telling everyone what it is you do. Excellent. Okay, so my name's Amelia, um, and 12 years ago, I started my business. I actually run three businesses. Wow. Um, yeah, so I started in the promotional products industry and um, from there I branched out to merchandising, so custom printing and embroidery. Um, and then during the pandemic, I thought, hey, let's start my own brand. And that's where kind of Oh Sweet Mama um, evolved. Um, and then after the pandemic, well, if we're still into it, um, <laughs> Oh Sweet Mama evolved into Oh Sweet Merch. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much my life in a nutshell. So what was the inspiration to changing or rebranding as Oh Sweet Merch? Um, I think because my passion is merchandise and for me to kind of think of designs of what people would like to wear that was quite hard for me and I found a lot of people then going, oh, can you print my logo on your T-shirt? Oh, can you embroider um, my designs on there? And I found more of a passion with that, being able to be part of somebody else's journey rather than, um, you know, kind of being in the saturated market of 
hey, buy my brand, you know? So, yeah. So you said that you've been in the business for 12 years. So before, yes. you, before you launched Oh Sweet Mama, uh, were you working for other people? No. So I started and launched Think Promotional, so 12 years ago. So I, I came from a family of sole traders. So both my mum and dad were self-employed. Um, and so growing up and seeing them being their own boss, um, I thought of nothing else. I never thought of working, you know, full-time job anywhere else. Um, so I worked, I guess, many casual jobs. Um, and after securing, I guess, my full first full-time job, I knew straight away it wasn't for me. Yeah, so I launched Think Promotional. And um, so my first two, first full-time job was a marketing assistant and account manager mm-hmm. at a major DVD um, company. Wow. And I worked there for two years. And I noticed our clients were requesting promotional items like lanyards and mugs, um, and it wasn't really our industry. Mm. Um, so from there, I pitched the idea to my then boss um, to set up a sister company and expand our range to promotional items as well, so not just DVDs. And so I created the business plan, I sourced all the suppliers, I researched everything and suggested to my then boss that I didn't want to be just an employee but rather invest in the business and essentially be a co-owner. And so my boss offered a package and after reading it, you know when your gut just tells you something is up? And so my mum mm. was overseas at that time and um, I guess at age 25 she gave me that best advice and um, and that advice was, you know, try. All you can do is just try and if it doesn't work, you move on to something else. So, uh, but you'll never know if you don't try. So I used my extra, I guess, my tax return at that time um, to build my website and I quit my job and then launched my business. Um, and so I guess... Four or five years after that, um, we also started offering screen printing and embroidery. Uh, so that's for your garments and, um, you know, merchandising. So you decided not to go into partnership with your boss. What, did you feel that there was a red flag or something? It was, yeah. He suggested, um, I guess, a package where, you know, I wasn't able to see any sort of growth within the five years and mm. I knew myself being such a type um, type A, I guess, and driven um, businesswoman, I knew I could make that setup cost or the investments turned around in a couple of years. Mm. And when something just doesn't fit right, I just know that that's a huge red flag. And seeing my mum and dad being their own business owners, it just, yeah, ignited, a, I guess, a spark in me to go, right, you can either sit here for the rest of your life in a job that you don't like mm. or you try. You know, life is short for me and, and for everybody, I guess, and that advice is that you can either be in this spot or you can try and be in, a, in an amazing spot 10 years down the track. It's so awesome. I think, yeah. like, the power of the intuition cannot be overlooked. I think so, Yeah. That's totally true. Um, A lot of people, I guess, stay in their comfort zone. Mm. And I always love that saying where magic happens out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So if you stay in that comfort zone, it's all going to be same day, same nine o'clock, same five o'clock, you know, whereas if you head out of your comfort zone, you don't know what's going to happen and it might be magic. So true. So true. And what have you found to be like one of the most rewarding things about going out on your own? 
Um, I think I love working my own hours and being a, a mum myself. I can be present at every school drop-off and every school pick-up and I can make my own decisions. I can try new things without needing approval from, you know, the higher management. Mm. You know, I can take leave or holidays whenever I want to um, and I can run a business around my family, which is a, a huge reward. So true. And I feel like once you feel that flexibility, you can't go back. That's right. Yeah. Once you get that taste, it's, yeah, you can see that it's possible. Yeah. You don't need to clock in at nine o'clock. You don't need to clock in out at five o'clock. You can be present either in your business or you can be present with your family and somehow you make things work. Yeah. (laughs) So true. And so getting into merch making, do you still do the the mugs and stuff or do you mainly focus on garments now? Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's all complimentary. So my original go-to is Think Promotional and it grows every year. And from there, you, you know, you obviously cross-sell. You go, okay, well, if you need lanyards, do you also need T-shirts and, and jumpers? So it, even though I say I run three businesses, they all complement each other and mm. it all rolls in together. So awesome. And did you, are you mainly self-taught or did you have any instructions from someone to learn this craft? Yeah. So with promotional, think promotional. um, So we are part of the Australasian Promotional Products Association. So again, this is all things that I've learnt the hard way. (laughs) Um, So this association allows us to work with trade only suppliers around Australia. So essentially, you know, I don't, print, hand print the mugs. I work with manufacturers, send them the logos, and then they send me the final product and then we repackage um, and we send it off to our clients. Wow. Yeah. But then from the merchandise, so seeing the pandemic affect a lot of businesses, Mm. we started outsourcing this because obviously just time-wise we couldn't fit everything in. Yeah. And so we saw the pandemic close a lot of businesses and essentially our subcontractors. So with the ATO back in, you know, 2020, they were pouring out all of this financial aid to small businesses. Mm. So rather than, you know, I was in that, you know, humble, I guess, um, opportunity where I was able to pivot my business and I was still able to keep my doors open So I invested that money into machinery. So we bought the embroidery machines, we bought the screen printers. So, I mean, you could essentially say we've only been doing it for a couple of years, but yeah, mainly all self-taught, a lot of mistakes, but I would then see the garments that I would be getting from my subcontractors and I would look at them. I'd be like, what backing are they using? What Mm. inks are they using? You know, I think YouTube was my best friend at <laughs> nighttime watching endless videos. But I think the best thing was is that I wanted to do it. Mm. That's a very big difference where, you know, you could be self-taught, but then you could give up in a couple of days. Mm. But if you have that passion, you just keep going. And I am and I have an addictive, I guess, personality where I'm like, if they've got two hands and I've got two hands, then I can do it. I'll find a way. (laughs) That's such a good attitude to have. Yeah. (laughs) And how creative is it? Like, do you really feel fulfilled doing that sort of creatively or? I absolutely love it. I feel like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, I love being part of every 
journey from, you know, seeing women start out their own businesses and creating their logos and for me to embroider or print onto these garments is so rewarding for me because I know 12 years ago it was so daunting. You know, Mm. I was on a dining room table with my (laughs) laptop and my Ugg boots, um, you know, getting orders and just realising that this is possible and it's so exciting for the journey. So for me to be part of, you know, being where the women are now starting, I've been there and I absolutely love it. Just seeing that jumper go to that person and they're so excited and so proud of where they're started and where they're going. So awesome. Yeah. How how did you get your first few customers? Was it through the partnership or not partnership, but the customers you had through the DVD business? Um, No, actually. So I grew all my client base by myself um, and so Oh Sweet Merch, like I said, it started with Oh Sweet Mama. Um, and I would say 99% of our growth is through social media, particularly wow. in Instagram yeah. and a lot of user-generated content. Mm-hmm. Like I would share on um, Instagram story, stories how I embroider a jumper, for example. I'll tag that person in it and then they tag and it's just a ripple effect. And it's, it's blowing my mind because it's something that I haven't, really focused on or somebody hasn't really taught me and I guess the authenticity coming from it it's Mm. not salesy it's not whatever it's it's me doing my craft and people are loving it it's awesome so do you have much strategy around Instagram um in a sense yes and no I have the so I do scheduling Mm -hmm. um, but then I also want to show my real truth you know the the hard times the Mm. good times um, and yeah so I guess there is a strategy but then I also want to go okay this is me on a day when I don't want to post yeah I don't want to post yeah because I want to be real and go yeah I'm having a bad day yeah (laughs) or I'm having a good day (laughs) that's awesome do you have anyone else I noticed that you recently hired a new staff member. Can you tell me about what it's like to bring someone onto your team? So I had Tanya, who was a good friend of mine. She was working with me for a good four or five years, but then she graduated in her own industry and I guess gained her wings and um, on her little way. Um, But yes, for a while I was doing everything myself um, and it was just proving too hard. Mm. So I didn't know how to go with, you know, do I get somebody back into the warehouse or what do I do? Um, And so Ellie came along and absolutely love her. She logs in from home and which is kind of where we're going with our vision is that we love working with women and particularly mums in business um, or just mums in general who want to get back into the workforce and so, yeah, so Ellie came on board and so she handles all of my email management. So I'm able to then go back into the warehouse and purely focus on all the machines and all of the, the production side of the business. That's awesome. So how many hours a day or a week is she working? She business? works Monday, Wednesdays and or Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So pretty much part time. That's great. And... You also hired a new workplace at the beginning of COVID. What was that mainly to house the new equipment that you were purchasing? I did, yes. So that has been a huge, I guess, milestone for our business 
So in May, oh, actually May 2021. So we've been in the warehouse for a year now. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. It was a huge stepping stone, a very, um, I guess, yeah, just a huge thing to digest and absorb and knowing that this is going to be my life for the next three years. Um, but I would say it's been the best decision ever. A lot of people are like, oh, you got to check for your accountant and all of those things. But knowing us being an established business, we knew that we had the funds to do it. It was just a matter of getting it done. And um, so this is a funny story behind it, actually. So we were literally about to sign our paperwork for another warehouse. And the gentleman at the time who was showing us all the warehouses was said, oh, look, we have this other one. It is actually technically under contract, but we'll, we'll show it anyway. And so I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> so we, we walked through the warehouse and it was like that time where you find your perfect wedding dress and you just know that this is where I'm supposed to be. No one can teach you this. It was just that moment. And I said to the guy, and I said, this is where I need to be. Make it happen. <laughs> and a couple of days later, I get the paperwork for this warehouse and I sign my life away. It just, it's the best, best thing that's ever happened. That's awesome. Your intuition paid off once again. And see, I'm one of those intuitive people, I think. When it just, it's meant to be, then I, I go, go with it 100%. Yeah. It's, I think it's never wrong. You've just got to make sure that you listen to it. I think it's only wrong when so you too. ignore it. That's when you exactly. fall into the pothole. <laughs> yes. And then, like I said, magic never happens, does it? If yeah. you don't follow on to it, exactly. then you get stuck. What was the scariest thing about hiring a warehouse? Or are you hiring it or did you buy it? No, so we rent it. Yeah. So we most commercial spaces lease for three years. Yeah. Um, but I knew myself, and I guess this is a bit of a difference between people who are just starting out and who are established. So people need to, I guess, understand where we are an established business of more than 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, knowing that we're here for the next three years, you don't know, another pandemic might happen next year, something might happen, and that's always a scare for us. But I guess we have that thing where rent always needs to be on time. It just needs to be paid and whether I have to eat two-minute noodles for a couple of weeks, then so be it. So how do you deal with like the ebb and the flow of the business? Um, I do. I would have to say, you know, my social media shows my highlights, but I would have to be transparent and I do have my days where I want to quit and I want to shut up shop and then there's other days where I see people sharing my jumpers and that excitement and I just go, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. When you have your bad days, you need to look at those emails where clients just say, you have been amazing. The product is amazing. You know, I have um, signs around my warehouse, for example, you know, above my embroidery machine, I've got, you know, a sign saying you take a hundred percent. No, what was that sign? I have to have a look at it. You miss a hundred percent of those shots that you don't take. Mm. You know, I have, I guess, growing up as an athlete as well, I have that mindset of you have to, if you don't train, then there's going to be somebody else who's going to be better at you, uh-huh. you know. So I have these signs around, these inspiring um, signs around the warehouse or I have these little post-it notes near my computer just to go, at the end of the day, Amelia, you're still human. You're going to have bad days 
and it's okay to have those days as long as you don't dwell on it and then the next day you wake up and say I'm going to try again. So true. As a business owner, you really have to be self-motivated and you do, yes. be willing to take the kicks and like get up again because <laughs> otherwise exactly. you wouldn't last very long, I guess. So tell no, me more about, uh, yeah. about being an athlete. You were an athlete growing up? I was. So this is what I love. So my parents raised us as um, athletes. I have an older sister. And the way it was is that You have to play a sport regardless of what it is. We won't push you into anything, but you have to choose a sport. So we were playing netball, we were playing tennis, we were swimming, did gymnastics, everything. And that's what I love about it is they exposed us to everything. And so during high school, I kind of found my, I guess, my passion. I loved netball and tennis, but I couldn't do both of them while studying TEE and, you know, working and whatnot. So I said, mum, I want to play tennis. And so that was it. And then I had a bit of a rough couple of years in school. Um, Didn't know if I wanted to finish school, to be honest. And so my mum at the time was talking to my coach and was like, okay, what do I do? And so my coach suggested, hey, why don't we put a video together and a resume and send off these to the US college? Wow. Um, Yeah, the college system over there. So next thing I know, we've done a video and resume And we've got colleges wanting me to play tennis over there. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, at age 16, 17, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. So, yep, next thing, my mum puts me on a plane. We've decided on which which college we're going to and legit put me on my plane, on the plane. And then I got to Alabama. So I played tennis for the University of Alabama for four years. So how old are you when you went? I was, I finished high school at 17 and so I was there and I was still underage because they're underage for tw- uh, till 21. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so 17 to 21. Wow. Yeah, and then my coach picked me up on the other side, had no idea who it was, had a sign, drove me to the college, literally said, here's your dorm room, and then I learned for four years how to fend for myself. Wow. But honestly, Carmen, it was the best four years of my entire life, well, you know, after kids and whatnot, <laughs> but it allowed me to, I think, give me this drive as well to be a, a business owner because it, you know, I didn't have my family over there. I had to ask those questions. I had to ask, how do I do this or how do I do this? And if I didn't do that, then nothing will get done. Mm. And I think that re- helps me in my business today is that if I'm not asking my husband for help or if I'm not asking my friends for, for help looking after my children, then I would not be in the position that I am now. Mm. It's so true. It makes you grow up so fast. I, I did a kind of a similar thing when I was 15. I went to France for a year on exchange. Oh, excellent. And I couldn't speak any French and I just landed in Paris and went to this host family, people I didn't know, and they didn't speak any English. And I was like, okay, Perfect. I'm here for a year. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. But, but I, you, yeah, you grow up quickly, oh, don't you? So you have to ask quick. those questions. Yeah. It was, and it really, talking about getting outside your comfort zone, I was so outside my comfort zone, but yeah, it was also like the best year of my life. I learned so much and I I really feel like I came home a new person. It does. It really changes, I guess, your character and your mindset on life as well. You know, people who don't travel, Mm. they have this mindset, I guess, of like, oh, Perth is the only thing or Mm. there's nothing out there. And when you get out there, 
you see different cultures, mm-hmm. you see how people interact with different people. You know, it's just, and then that gets back into your business. Mm-hmm. Oh, why is that person emailing me in this time? Oh, you know, she's in a different country or something like that. Like it gives you a huge open mind of how people work. So true. It really just opens your eyes and it allows you to see things from different perspectives because you have a bit of better understandings of how. That's right. And more empathy. Yeah. So, and so And I true. think that's what I guess people need these days is mm. just more empathy to go, okay, you want merch in two weeks or oh, I'll try, mm. um, you know, and you just, yeah, you have to see where their story is or their side of the story. Yeah. Definitely makes you a better business owner, I think. Yeah. So what has been the most challenging? Has it been these past two years with COVID or have you actually found that's been a bit of a boom for business? It's been a huge boom for business and I guess I feel like I am that lucky one that I'm able to pivot my business to then, you know, offer an online design tool on our website who people just want to order one jumper, you know, before Mm. I was working solely for corporate people, Mm. you know, on events and, you know, people needing 500 mugs or, you know, 500 T-shirts and all of those, obviously, those events stopped. So Mm. I had to keep my machines running somehow. So I was like, right, what can I do? And then, you know, you pivot and then you try and so we created an online designer tool on our website where you can go on onto our website, you can design your own merch, um, upload like text saying I'm the best or something. <laughs> and, you know, for me, one jumper now is just as important as a corporate client ordering 500 mugs, you know? So cool. So, yeah, and I guess the most challenging part would, even though we've boomed through these two years, everything leading up to that, I would have to say it it gets lonely, Mm. you know. You make a lot of mistakes and you don't have higher management to hold your hand to go, oh, try this way or whatever. So, you know, some days I don't make money and some days I've got 20 orders come in. Like it's really fluctuate, like it fluctuates. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I'd probably say the most challenging is that you don't have that higher mentor Mm. to hold your hand to, to say, okay, this is what you need to do in your business or this is what you need to do this way or, you know. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Mm. And have you sought out mentors? Because I know that you're in the PMP, Purpose and Profit Mastermind with Steph Gorton, but are you in any yes. other masterminds or networking groups or anything like that to make connections? No, I think the real game changer was um, joining the PMP. That has been um, a real eye-opener, I guess. Um, And then with, I guess, my mindset, I look at it and go, I can join all of these groups and be overwhelming. But Mm. at the end of the day, I'm a person where I can just jibber-jabber. And when when you talk about your business and when you're so passionate about it, the word of mouth just travels. Mm. So I just network by being myself. Yeah. I could go walk with my dog and then, you know, meet up with another owner who owns a dance company who needs T-shirts for their, you know, their their dancers. It's just really weird how everything works. It's so true. Like I think if you're really passionate, you want to talk about your business all the time anyway, so you just attract the people who want to listen. That's right. <laughs> and that's free marketing. It doesn't, it doesn't cost anything, does it? Yeah, it's so true. So, and- yes. 
And what about being a mum? Like you mentioned, how old are your kids? I have an eight-year-old son and a almost four-year-old daughter. Wow, so pretty busy. It is, yes. Anyone who has sons, check on them, please, <laughs> because it is it is um, very adventurous with, with uh, sons. Um, well, I've got two daughters and they're pretty... <laughs> Crazy. Pretty hands-on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. one's nearly two and one's five and a half, so full on. Yeah. Oh, it's a good age. Yeah. Good, crazy yeah. age, but good. How do you find the juggle of motherhood and running a business? Oh, look, to be honest, and I guess, yeah, I'll be transparent as possible. Like there's days where I don't juggle. Like mm. I've got eight juggling balls and I can barely juggle one, you know, and yeah. there's never a time where you're 100% in your business or you're 100% as your mum. So You know, true. like there's, if you're focusing on your business, then your, I guess your motherhood is is failing because you're in your warehouse rather than picking up your children. Like there's, I guess you have to realise that you have chosen that lifestyle to mm. be both a mum and a business owner mm-hmm. and you just have to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. Like I think being as honest with your clients with timelines is really important. Mm-hmm. And then the things that really get me through is also writing a list. So I could stand, like sit up in the, um, sorry, I would wake up in the morning and the way I juggle everything is by writing a list. Yeah. I'd go, right, what needs to be done and, and include the mother stuff, right, Oscar needs to go to parkour or something, write all of those things down. Mm. Because I'm a person where if I tick it off, my anxiety is great. You know, Mm. if I go to the warehouse with no list, it's like me driving blind Mm. and then nothing gets done. And I think also on top of writing a list is actually asking for help. Yes. A lot of people don't ask and we expect our husbands or our partners to just read our minds to go, why didn't, you know, can't you just pick your child up or can you just take them to the park so I can, you know, finish my website or something? Just ask, mm. you know, just like asking a work colleague, hey, can you take the children to the to the park so I can finish my website? Yeah. And then once the website's done or whatever your task is, you can put 100% in being with your children and being the best mum that you can, you know. A lot of people, yeah, get disappointed when they don't ask for help. But by just asking, that helps me juggle both my motherhood and being a business owner. Yeah, it's so true. And, like, the mum guilt is definitely a thing because when you're working you feel like you need to be being a mum and then yes. and then when you're being a mum you feel like you need to be working like it's always exactly the balance of that guilt and you're just trying gonna try and let it go and just be yeah. in the moment of where you are but sometimes it can definitely be tough it is yeah and then you I guess working so long in your business you learn tricks and little and little um things that you just have to let go mm. so like let's say I'm working in my warehouse I don't know who's watching me like my little daughter could be going, wow, mum's working, you know, <laughs> mum's being able to afford my new school shoes or something like that, you know. You never know who you're going to inspire. It's so true. Know? It's good to be yeah. a role model for your kids as well, I think, and show them, like, the importance of work and how rewarding it can be. Yeah, and I think by being your business owner, if you only want to work for four hours, not a problem, you know. Yeah. There's no, there's no... um 
how do I explain it? There's no bad things of choosing to stay at home. People are able to work um, or or be a stay-at-home mum if, you know, you've got income coming from somewhere else. I mean, at that situation, for me, I could stay at home, but my mindset's never been that stay stay at home from mum. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I'm the yeah. same. Like, I need work in my life, like, just... Yeah, there's just, so much bluey and, you know... <laughs> bingo you can watch really <laughs> I think I get like a sense of purpose from working yeah. as well as as well as being a mum like both are rewarding but I feel like I need the balance like I can't do yes either one 24 7 I need the balance I think that's right you need your little outlet yeah and so how important were your parents as role models in your life as you said they were sole traders what did they yes. do when you were growing up so both my parents are from Europe so they came over from Poland um, when it was, you know, the that time where it was still, you know, post-war, um, quite, I guess, not communism, but, you mm. know, it was quite a hard time. Yeah. And at that time, Red Cross um, were offering, um, I guess, flights out of Poland. And so it was a really funny story. So my mum and dad actually met during that time of wow. leaving. Wow. And it was a better chance to go as a couple to a different country than single people. Oh, wow. So they're like, oh, let's just go over as say we're couples. And so they flew over to Melbourne and obviously, you know, getting married and whatnot. So my sister was born in Melbourne and then they didn't like the weather over there. So when my sister was like six weeks old, they packed everything up in the car and then they drove over to Perth wow. and then I was born. <laughs> yeah. So coming into a different country and they literally had no language. Mm. They had, I think, whatever they had in their pockets, their clothes on their backs. Like it was legit that, I guess, rags to riches story. Mm. And it then gave us that, um, I guess, that mindset of appreciating everything. Yeah. And so seeing them grow up, because, you know, coming from a different country, you can't just go and get any job. Yeah. And so the language barrier was really hard for them. So they were able to, so my dad was a taxi driver. Yeah. And my mum was lucky enough to have the skill of, um, you know, seamstress, like creating bedspreads and pillows. Um, And I guess, yeah, looking back on it now, seeing me having a passion of embroidery machines and clothing, you know, that subconsciously that was in me, you know. Did she do that from home? Like could you see her doing that? Yeah, so we were able to, so my dad worked enough hours to be able to um, afford to build like a work shed out the back of our um, house at the time. So my bedroom was literally next to this work workhouse and so I would see her at night times when we go to bed she would go back to the the workshop and finish off her stuff she had industrial machines in there she had the table oh she was so talented so she's obviously now retired yeah um so yeah so she was able to connect with a lady who was in the business and was looking for a subcontractor at the time so she would get the business and follow that through to my mum and then my mum would do the work and then obviously hand it over to the businesswoman and then she would give it to the clients. That's awesome. Yeah. So they really inspired you then to tread your own path? I think, no, probably not so inspired. Well, yes, of, of course inspiring, but I think it was just in our blood, mm. you know, in our, in our, 
I guess, our makeup that if you don't want to work for somebody or if you have a passion for something, just do it for yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah. And how, I mean, you mentioned before that sometimes it can get lonely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm guessing being in a big warehouse on your own most of the day. Yes, correct. Are you an introvert or how do you deal with that? Oh, I think I'm an, how do they pronounce it? Is it an introverted extrovert (laughs) where I can have a certain amount of time where I'm on my game, I'm on fire, I'm passionate, but then I love going and hiding in my hole. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Where I just don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to scroll aimlessly on my phone or just watch some trashy movies or something (laughs) just to, I guess, recharge my batteries. But I have my music on constantly in the warehouse. I'll have the radio on or I have people coming in, dropping off coffees and everything like that. So, yeah, I find my time. I think I'm a person where okay, I don't like this, so I'll, I'll try something else yeah. or I'll go for a lunch or I'll, I'll do something. <laughs> and do you know many other businesses around you, like in the industrial area that you work? I do, yes. So it's actually quite funny. So we have an A-frame out the, on the side of our road and we had like a tinting guy. He owns his own business and he pops in and he's like, oh, I saw your sign on the road and I've got, I need some jumpers for work. So it just kind of happened that we embroidered some jumpers and I put it on social media the other day that I actually legit just walked over to his office, knocked on the door and said, here's your jumpers. <laughs> I love that. It's like a little, yeah. little community. It is. But I think that's my personality as well. Like I can go and jibber-jabber to anybody. If anyone's on the street, I'll be like, hey, how you going? <laughs> so, Do you think that's yeah. your best like marketing asset? How, how do you go about growing your business? I think, yes, that is my number one thing is that I can talk to anybody, but then also the way of growing my business, what I mentioned, is just being authentic on social media. Mm. You know, there's so many people going, join my Reels Masterclass and let me, you know, do all your social media. And that's great. Some people, it works for some people. Um, But, yeah, I think if you showcase who you are as a person, Mm. I think that is the best marketing tool because people are going to gravitate to your passion, Mm. to your vibe, and you will attract your ideal customer. So true. How do you juggle it all though? Like social media is so time consuming. How do you make the time to post on Instagram so regularly? Um, So I had a social media um, manager who helped me for a couple of months and I just felt like I, I could understand where she was coming from. Like I knew the the passion, like I'm sorry, I knew the process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I started implementing some of those and I was like, okay, maybe let's just post uh, or plan for a week, mm. you know, and see how that goes. Um, so I don't know if you guys, when you follow me, you'll see me a lot on stories rather mm-hmm. than actually posting static feeds Yeah, because I feel like, no one sees those anymore. Mm. And so when people can see the behind the scenes of machines, they're like, oh, that looks, you know, great. Then, oh, we've got 25% off, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I think I juggle it. Well, maybe I don't juggle it. I just do. (laughs) I guess I just do what I can and what humanly is possible to go, right, if you're not posting on Facebook, then it's okay, you know. But I do use later.com oh yeah yeah 
Yep. So I've um, linked all of Instagram and Facebook. And if there's days where it just doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But yeah, I, I guess I take a week at a time and go, right, what can I do to help me with my workspace? So I'll go and, you know, plan a few posts. You do some great reels as well. Like my one this morning. <laughs> I haven't seen it this morning, but oh, I have to. <laughs> I have like really enjoyed watching your reels in the past. Thank so you. Fun. I've actually really come out of my comfort zone with those. At first I was one of those, oh, I don't want to show my face. But if you don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah. You know, it's that saying where if you if you want something, you go out and grab it. So I started doing a few reels and I'm like, okay, this is not too bad. And then um, I guess it just flowed from there where, you know, you see some really bad ones and then you look at it and go, mate, if they've published that or posted that, I'd be like, mine's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to give things a try. That's all you have to do. And I think also like practising, probably you just get better and better all the time, right? I think so too. Yeah, that's right. You know when how to like um, trim clips or add, you know, the the um, text, you know, at certain times. You know, I didn't know any of that sort of stuff. Like I remember I had to um, uh, DM one of my clients going, how do you use that filter or how do you do this? And then it just, I guess you just learn and that's how I guess it just all evolved. Yeah, it gets better and better. Yeah. <laughs> And so what, what's the future for the business? Do you have any grand plans? Well, I'm not closing anytime soon. <laughs> Good to know. Um, the plans is, so I've got Ellie who's working with me mm-hmm. and she's really exploding my marketing and connecting with my current clients um, and clients that we've kind of not heard from the past so I guess we can call her a nurturer. <laughs> awesome. um, but, yeah, it's great to see that life is coming back to normal in a sense. Mm. So the events are coming back and um, so I'm definitely going to stop with three businesses. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think we just keep growing by being part of every woman in business, their journey of their branded merch um, and or their clothing brands. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely see a, a bright future ahead. That's awesome. And do you mostly work with women? Um, no. So this is, I guess this is where Oh Sweet Merch goes, is that because I opened that up during the pandemic and seeing women, I guess, struggle, especially mums during the pandemic, mm. you know, being locked down and whatnot. So we created our own style. Mm-hmm. Um, we continued connecting with women. So I would say Oh Sweet Merch is purely for women and I love connecting with women who are inspiring, who want to be able to, you know, embroider a jumper for their business. But then think promotional and think embroidery and print are very so much, I guess, corporate. You know, Mm. the Joe Blogs could go and think embroidery and print and order 10 T-shirts for a lawn mowing business. Mm. Not a problem. I'll mm-hmm. do that. But then Oh Sweet Merch, I guess because the way it was founded, it was it's all purely for women and mm. I love it because when women connect, it's amazing. So you don't think you could ever combine the businesses because the audiences are so different? 
I think they're different, yeah, in a sense. So think promotional and think embroidery and print do combine themselves. Mm -hmm. So essentially you could say that I've run two businesses. Mm -hmm. um, And, yeah, I probably wouldn't combine them only because I feel like I've created my own brand there Mm. and if I combine them, I feel like I would lose my authenticity and I would feel like I've lost that journey with them. Yeah, you would dilute it a bit, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's been such a journey for you. What what golden piece of advice would you give to someone who is wanting to start their own business? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me this question. <laughs> no, I would say is that you have to start before you are ready. Like that is my biggest golden piece of advice is that your website will never be ready. Your accounting will never be ready. Nothing will ever be ready. And so you just have to start. But I think the biggest thing is that anybody can watch me and do embroidery, for example, right? Anybody can start their embroidery business because you think, oh, it's easy, whatnot. But if you don't have that passion, then it's going to it's going to fall. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you want to have to do it for yourself, not because you've seen somebody on social media doing it and that feeling inside you. And like I said to you earlier, is that intuition, that gut feeling that you just know that that's where your passion is. You want to be able to work for yourself. You need to be self-motivated. And if you have that feeling, then start your own business. You know, life is so short and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow or who's watching. It's so true. The only thing you can do is give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You know, you, you try something else, but you have to just try and know that you want to do it for yourself, not for anybody else. It's so true. And if it doesn't work out, you know, it's a huge lesson and you can move on and implement those lessons as well. Exactly. And you just got to get outside your comfort zone. That's right. And if your why totally outweighs everything else, not like, oh, I can't afford it or it's not going to give me that income, your passion and your why, and if that totally outweighs all your all your cons, then that's your answer. So true. And if you're passionate, you will have the motivation to keep going because it's like a burning, burning desire that pushes you forward each day. That's right. You wake up in the morning going, I'm going into my warehouse because I'm going to change women's lives, for example, or, you know, create a new journey for somebody else. It's so true. And like, you never dread Mondays anymore when you work for yourself, when you're doing that thing. That's right. Well, some days I do. I won't lie, but I do. It is that feeling where if I don't want to work today on a Monday, that's okay. Or if I want admin work from home, that's okay. Yep. You're yeah. in control of your time. Exactly right. Well, thanks so much, Amelia. You've been awesome. It was so great to have you on the Committed Creative. And oh, where well, can, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> where can people find you on the socials? So my main social is Oh Sweet Merch. So Instagram is Oh Sweet Merch, all un, um, lowercase, and you'll be able to find me there on my stories behind my machines. And your awesome reels. And my awesome reels. thanks so much Amelia it's been a pleasure to chat with you no problems at all thank you for having me thank you for listening to the committed creative podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned at least one thing that will help you stay on the creative path 
If you liked it, please subscribe as there's plenty more to come. And we'd love it if you could leave us a review if you found the podcast worthwhile. And if you didn't, please send us your feedback. We're all ears. You can check us out online at redplatypuscreative.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at redplatypuscreative. Remember, you are not alone in your creativity and you can make money from your creative pursuits. See you next time when we speak to another creative mind that's committed to making their way work. Here's to going all in and becoming a committed creative.